0: Welcome to Box to Box Football.
1: Hey, welcome in uh, to Box to Box Football. You know, there's only five matches this weekend. And, you know, maybe we thought we weren't going to have a lot of stuff to talk about today. But, who I guess we were wrong about <laughs> that. There's only about, I don't even know if we have enough time. Uh, you know, by the time we, we finish the show, Everton might be in League 7. They might create their own league for Everton at this point uh guys uh Stu, Stu jj i mean uh, you know i'm sure you guys watch some of the games and saw a lot of the news and stuff uh you know uh, ha- first of all how was your weekend
2: i mean outside of not being snowed in sorry to all of our friends up in the greater buffalo area fine <laughs> it's cold that, that's all you can do um Stu.
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it was good i, I kind of like the uh five matches because it spreads it out a little more gave me a chance to watch a couple championship matches so you know, I love the ten matches, but the five was uh was pretty cool as well. So I I can live with
2: that. Yeah, so I saw I saw you put on that uh little Sunderland Ipswich accent on your Instagram story. I did. I did. I was intrigued by that match. I wanted to. I haven't really watched
0: Ipswich, you know, full match live, ninety minutes, and it's kind of the first time I get to see them. They they look pretty good. They're right there. I mean, I don't think they're as good as Leicester. I know Leicester had a bad result this week, but um, which by right the way, those two Anderson.
2: those two teams square off next Monday. So maybe we need to have Mike samsel on here and uh to talk this out a little bit.
1: Lester and Coventry or Leicester and Ipswich?
2: Leicester and Ipswich round two.
1: That's wow. Good. Yeah, that's a big game. I mean, uh, you know, Flip Switch can can get that one. I didn't realize Lester and Coventry were rivals. I mean, we saw you know, I was saying in the group chat, I mean, there's some nasty some nasty signs and stuff like that, but uh, you know, people were complaining. Because there was no 10 o'clock game over the weekend. I'm just like, man, you guys just complain to complain at this point. Go watch, you know, the something, go watch the championship, go watch the La Liga, go watch something else. There's so many games on, you know, the the classic goes on. I watched that on Sunday and stuff. So there's,
2: there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So should we uh tackle the big elephant in the room here which would be the uh, the news that broke on monday morning at least in america time monday morning midday uh, to the afternoon in england where everton and nottingham Forest are going to be facing point deductions for alleged financial breaches of financial fair play uh, this already comes on top of everton being docked 10 points earlier the season back in november over the financial fair play a lot of this is due to um Finances that covers the seasons 2019 to 2020 through the course of last year. Everton still appealing their previous um ish, their previous penalty. Both of these clubs are expected once they find out. And we're re- I literally just saw from Sky Sports about 40 minutes before we went on to start talking that it could be minimum six points, the bare minimum six points for both of these teams, um, guys. It also brings to attention that once again, the Manchester City, same thing, uh, w- which was announced pr- during last season. It's about a year since that announcement came out. Is still yet to be looked at. That's not about them right now, but about these two clubs, Sean. I mean, this if everything comes to fruition, this will be the nail in the coffin for Everton in terms of their Premier League campaign and yes. for Nottingham Forest. I mean, you, you could look to the sign for the... What close to forty players that they brought in since the start of their return to the Premier League? The, they're these are clubs that are in dire straits.
1: I I think you know first uh, I think Nottingham Forest. You know when you when you look at some of the stuff you, you talk about. You know they sold Brendan Johnson right outside the whatever it is the, the the window. So there's some mitigating circumstances here with that sale. They said maybe they're in line with it, but, you know, if, if you want to be, you know, uh, panic about it, it was outside the window. So there are some mitigating circumstances. Look, Everton's already been fine. You know, they've already been, this is the third time they're in trouble. Cause you don't get, just get fine. You know, you don't get docked 10 points, you know, the first time, you know, this is the third time they've gotten hit and, and this has been coming for, for years. And, uh, you know, if they just, if they got a 10 point deduction the first time, you know, what are they going to get the second time? You know, I can't imagine it's going to be, you know, less than that. So, you know, when you look at the table, I, I think they're in trouble. There's some other clubs that were right on the threshold, you know, Wolves, I think, you know, they, they, they just, they, they sold some players. Um, There's some talk about Aston Villa. Um uh Newcastle. Newcastle just posted losses of 105 million. So uh, you know, this is gonna be a bigger deal going forward. I, look, Everton at this point, I I think they're in all kinds of trouble. Um, you know, you can't keep it makes the case for a appeal for the for the second for the 10-point deduction we, a lot weaker now because you followed it up and you you are still you know and they've been getting warnings for years from the, this isn't the premier league isn't just been saying this or like listen you guys are getting warnings this is the deal this is how it's going to be it's not like they didn't know about it they knew about it and they still kept kind of like doing this stuff and doing this stuff and they're going to say you know the the new stadium and all this stuff but apparently that's not included in this it's just the salaries and the players. And they've just been running to the ground. And if you look right now, if they get a 10-point deduction or, you know, they, they would be nine points behind Luton Town. If they get more than that, you know, you're looking at – they're not going to stay up. So, at this point then, you know, do they start selling players now or, you know, to to, to try to, to – you know, what do you try to do? And I, I think that's, you know, interesting because it's going to be a fire sale at the end of the year.
2: Well, it's interesting to say that, Stu, I want to get your thoughts on this, because if you're talking about fire sale for players now, that almost leads to a super guilty conscience. This is, you know, if we're speaking on Everton specifically, a lot of this is coming from that 777 sports group where they're looking to take in loans, whether that be for, well, it's mostly for their new stadium, but could also be within what's going on with their you know, buying players or their football operations. But end all be all, Stu, this is a problem for a big club. As Sean said, this is something that's been warned about. But also, it it sets a super dangerous precedent for, you know, something that we all kind of knew was going to happen. And now it finally comes to be. And for not just the Premier League, Stu, but I think all 92 in the EFL, these are, teams that have a lot of issues coming up yeah definitely i know you guys you know rattled
0: off a bunch of teams i mean it's like a quarter of the league it's a it's a quarter almost a third of the league it's it's clearly a rampant thing that is a major issue and yeah for everton like it stinks like i mean look i'm a liverpool supporter i don't like everton uh, they I, I really don't like everton but at the same time you know them going down to the championship and even further than that if, if you know we get a cascading fall we keep seeing, uh, you know, guilty charges if they are guilty. And, you know, they could be in League One, League Two. like, And that's it's, as a Liverpool supporter, as much as I hate them, that's sad because you like the rivalry. You like, you know, facing them twice a year and, and what that brings, maybe even three or four, depending on if you get them in a cup match or whatnot. But it's just a shame. It just it sucks. It's look, we, we come on here. And what are we talking about? A lot of times it's two things. Obviously, we talk about the games a lot, which is great. But then we either get the officiating in VAR or we get the money issues, sanctions, point deductions. So it's like those two different things that take away from, you know, again, it was only five games, but a great weekend of games. It's so often we come on here and it's a secondary story. It's either the refs, the refs miss this, VAR missed this, or this club's getting points deductions. This club's cheating. This club is skirting financial uh, fair play rules. So it just, it stinks. It's just a really it's a tough pill to swallow it, it. And I honestly, I hate it, but it, it's just one of those things that, you know, if you're guilty and these clubs, you know, we'll see if they're guilty or not, but if you are guilty, like they deserve the penalty for, uh, for the, you know, the actions.
1: I I also think that all, all this stuff, Look, people keep asking like, what about city? What about city? You know, because they there's, you know, they've, they were charged with 115 charges there's going to be more because it's like Everton, you know, that was only till a certain period. They will be charged again for the period after that. So I I think because like, this is the new, the, the, this is pretty cut and dry. Like you're only allowed to do this. Uh, You know, Everton did this over this amount of period. There's like one or two charges. I Like with city, I just think, look, if they're going to, if they're going to, give uh, Everton a, point, a second points deduction. I, I just think at some point, they're just going to absolutely drop the hammer on City and just throw the book at them. I think they're just trying to make sure everything is in a row. I know that's what they said. They, it's, they're, not, it's, they're not even going to go to Trout until November. There's going to be more charges probably before that. Um, it's just... Look, I, you know, if they're bringing these charges against the clubs and City is and walks away, there'd be riots. So I just don't like, like, if you kind of think about it, you're like, man, you know, if they're going to ban, if they're going to do this to Everton, hit them with two point deductions, what are they going to do to City? They're not going to let City go. Scott, are they going to strip titles? Are they going to? send them to league two or are they gonna do what Juventus did you know send them to to, to down the series C so something will happen at that point so we'll we'll see it's going to be a while but uh it's it, there's just you, you can't do this to everton and Newcastle and or, sorry to to Nottingham Forest and you know warn you know Newcastle you're 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 in a little trouble wolves you're in a little trouble you know w- without all this stuff and and not do anything to city so
2: yeah, I mean to kind of put a little bit of a cap on this, it's you know, I was just quickly googling the progression of the British football transfer fee record. And you know, through the early ages of the Premier League era, you're seeing players that were purchased for five and seven and ten million dollars. Alan Shearer was fifteen million pounds when he moved from Blackburn to Newcastle. And then you start to see in the two thousands they go up, and then the huge gap when Um, You had the likes of Paul Pogba was brought in for 89 million pounds. That was back in 2016. The the highest before that for a player coming in was funny enough with city Robinho in 2008. So it's when those moves start to happen, that's where things kind of got off the rails and at at one part, and I don't want to have this drag into like, Oh, we have to look at every one of these cases, but the grand scheme of things where the top is so top and they can continue to, keep buying and keep buying. And eventually maybe they're going to get charged because who knows, we're going to likely see in junks, We're going to see this, you know, all these cases tied up in courts for years, but the other end of the spectrum, we have clubs, um, full time professional clubs are talking in the EFL. Some in the championship take, Sheffield Wednesday, for example, um, where their owners don't even want to pay their own players and are going after the fans to pay the salaries of the players. And I I don't know, like there needs to be some sort of a fit and proper a true fit and proper test across all the professional levels to vet these people out and not just have people, you know, buying these clubs as financial toys you know just to have on their platform someone that's actually going to come in make sure that they'll continue to run the club to the best of their abilities and you know not completely just drain every resource and then when the money does run out because let's face it it's going to run out at some point there's going to be someone that comes in but it's not like oh here you go here's 10 dumpster fires you have to finish stew it it's one of those where it's just a fluid sequence it's a lot easier said than done But, you know, you talk about the Nottingham 4 situation to a little bit in other clubs where, you know, they just came up from the Premier League. They're trying to spend boatloads of money just to even have a shred of competition against the top five. Yeah, absolutely. And like you see it, like
0: if you don't, you know, you don't spend that money, you're going against somebody who's big, the big six, if you will, plus other squads that are, you know, really good at this point, like the Newcastle or. As in Villa, Brighton, West Ham, those type of, you know, really good clubs as well. And it's tough. Yeah, you're, you're coming up. You you want to stay up. Obviously, m- most of these owners and most of these teams don't want to go back down after one year. Like we're probably going to see. Well, I mean, maybe we won't see with like a Town of Burnley now. Maybe one of those two clubs will get uh, saved because of because of these point deductions if they do wind up happening. But yeah, of course, it's, it's one of those tough things where you're obviously going to try to get every advantage you can. And while when some of the bigger clubs like a Man City, for example, just going to name them, you know, they obviously have all the talent. Plus, they're also skirting the rules in or at least borderline, however you want to phrase it. And when that's happening, it's, you know, it sets a really bad precedent. Definitely.
2: Uh, Should we talk about the football? Yeah. (laughs) let's talk at least about something positive because it's yeah. And again, we, we won't truly know the ramifications. They said that the appeals process could take up until maybe even a week after the season ends, which by the way, that would be some sort of scenes that all of a yeah. sudden say Everton are nine points safe. And then they find out, Oh, no, nope, you've got 10 point deduction. You're down to the championship. So that will be awkward to say the least. Um, I'll just run through the scores from the five matches that we had, which I'm with you, Stu, by the way. Uh, I do like a little bit of separation because we can actually watch all these matches and not have to go through condensed game recaps and watching 90 and 30. We could actually watch all these matches without having bundled over. But anyway, so on Friday, you had a relegation six-pointer between Burnley and Luton. Burnley take the lead just before halftime before a controversial goal. From Carlton Morris was there a bump on James Trafford was there not I say yes but Luton gets himself a point move on to Saturday Chelsea one nil over Fulham Cole Palmer penalty gives Chelsea another result is they're starting to seem like they're turning things around in the league a little bit in fact that's three straight wins in the league on the bounce I'll save the big game because I think that's what everyone wants to talk about first Everton Villa play to a nil nil Everton happy to get a point villa probably disappointed man U versus tottenham sean we'll talk about this after the city newcastle game because it was in my opinion a, a really fun game to watch from a neutral perspective with both teams going at it but two two with that one but let's go to the city newcastle game uh it was newcastle putting on this obscene high press in the first half that probably should have warrant them two uh four goals didn't get any. Ederson had to come off after eight minutes due to an injury. But uh, Bernardo Silva gets one in the 26th minute. Then two goals inside of three minutes for Newcastle. Alexander Isak and the young Anthony Gordon getting themselves on the score sheet before. KDB just stroking one with the side of his foot from 25 yards out to level things. And then the, the ball of balls. KDB to... Well, he's got two first names. Can you trust a man with two first names? I certainly can. Oscar Bob with the winner in 90 plus one. Stu, that was a game that saw both teams going at it. Newcastle of course obviously had to get the result to kind of propel them back closer to the European, uh places. Meanwhile, your Liverpool were sitting and hoping that City would drop points, but the way that Pep celebrated at full time says that it is race once again back on.
0: No, it says it all in and- I mean, KDB is just an absolute joke. I mean the guy's out for like three months, barely plays, you know, has a couple ramp up practices and, and whatnot comes on as a sub five minutes into coming on, you know, scores from outside of the box. And then you can tell he was a little winded towards, uh, you know, I think at some point, especially in like the 80, 85th minute, he's a little winded, but then he comes on, like you mentioned, JJ did an amazing pass. It's just, he's just unbelievable. It's hard to even like, I hate Manchester city, but it's hard to even hate on Kevin Bruyne. He's just such a good football player and, moves him up to the ranks in uh, terms of assists. Uh, I know Premier League assists, midfielders. Uh, he's right there. I know Giggs is the uh, the leader by by a lot, but I know he passed uh, Lampard and I think he tied Rooney. So that that was kind of, you know, you just see what kind of career that this guy's had at Man City. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And uh, I know on the last episode with Mike and uh, Kyle, we, we kind of talked a lot about the uh, title race and yeah, I'm still pretty adamant. I I still think it's cities to lose. I still think City winds up winning it. They they just have a lot of talent. They definitely have some holes, right? Like, I mean, if Ederson misses any time, that that injury looked like a kind of a nasty gash. Um, like luck, luckily it looks like there's no structural damage or anything like that. But that might be one that sidelines him for a match or two. Um, Kyle Walker, yeah, you know he looked kind of lost on those two goals that they conceded. Look, they're 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 not perfect. Obviously, Holland's been out, and you know Doku's missed up until this past game. He's missed some time, but they're just there's just so much talent. You basically KDB's like a transfer, right? Like he's basically hasn't played a minute this season, or he's played a few minutes early in the season. Basically, hasn't played a minute, and then comes on and is going to be one of the best midfielders in the league and all of the world. So yeah, City. Look, they're just they're just incredible. They're going to be very, very tough to beat, whether it's Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa, Spurs. I still think it's cities to lose.
2: Well, whatever the injury was to Ederson, he was fit enough to at least uh, travel to accept his award for the best goalkeeper, uh-huh. male goalkeeper uh-huh. in the uh, FIFA best awards. But Sean, I was actually really impressed by Newcastle's press in the first half um they had one goal wiped off for offside but the two goals that they got were well taken and frankly i think they should be more disappointed not to get something more from this game because for that first 45 maybe even a few minutes into the second half they actually looked like the team that we saw for a large stretch last season
1: yeah i mean look i you know they they played well um i i thought after about 20 minutes, from 20 minutes till the end of the first half, Newcastle probably deserved to be up, you know, 3-1, something like that. Um, they didn't get that second, they didn't get that third goal. Uh and then and then in the in the first 20 minutes in the second half. I mean, look, you knew Kevin De Bruyne was coming on um and-, and was gonna gonna make a difference. Um, but they they couldn't get that third goal against city. And when De Bruyne scores there, first of all, you know, the De Bruyne goal, I mean, it was, it was really nice, but once they score like, man, there's only gonna be one where the, the Bob goal was filth. I mean, the the pass was ridiculous, but the actual, when you see the footwork of this kid, when he, he, he like moved the ball from his left foot to his right foot, to, to like get it into position to slide it past the keeper it was absolutely nasty and this is the kind of game city does this sometimes and if if you go back and look at this run uh you know f- for the last five years they've won it albeit with you know 115 charges um they they, they, they get to this point where they don't lose. And, and, and I said it, you know, I, I said it on Twitter afterwards. I said, or X or the hell it's called now. I said, look, this is going to be the start. Like City's not going to lose for two months now. And you, you go look at city's schedule coming up. They got Burnley at home. Brentford who Brentford's in a lot of trouble, by the way, Brentford away, Everton at home, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home again. I don't How do they play Brentford twice in like two weeks. Bournemouth. You know, so before they get to March here, you know, then they play United at home, Liverpool, Brighton, Arsenal, Villa, five matches in a row. Before they get to that point, up until March, I I don't think they're losing a match. And if all of a sudden now, you know, Liverpool's playing in a couple extra games in the uh you know the League Cup and the FA Cup and the you know the Europa League and all this stuff and I know um you know so so is City you know they're in the Champions League and stuff like that but I just think this City team I, I Stu I, I think once again too I you know I, I just think they're gonna have too much depth and they're just you know Liverpool basically has to be perfect where Aston Villa basically has to be perfect or Arsenal basically has to be perfect for the next two months here, month and a half here to compete with this team. I just don't know if these teams can do it. The only team probably could is Liverpool because they've been in this position before, you know, where they've kind of hung with them. Arsenal won't hang with them. Villa won't hang with them. I mean, that, that, you know, Villa the other day, I mean, you watch, if you watch that game, we'll get to it, but uh, you know, that, that's, you can't be dropping points to Everton. So Uh, you know, city in that position on February 10th will win that game 3-0, 4-0. So especially now, I just, when you look at this team, they're ready to go on a run here. Um, that, that was a massive win. And the other thing is, you know, Newcastle, look, I mean, you know, they're, you look up now they're in 10th place right now. You know, they're a point, they're a point ahead of Wolves, uh, Newcastle Bournemouth has two matches in hand in 12th and only 4 points behind all of a sudden you know Bournemouth wins a couple of matches Everton really would be almost even on points with them um they they're a little bit of a mess i mean they have 9 9 wins uh and 10 losses two draws so i thought they played well but you know they're going to have to sell you know Guimaraes is in is in paris it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that PSG wants him, apparently. He's just in Paris to meet with some Parisian people. Nothing to do with the fact that PSG wants to, do, wants to buy him and the fact that Eddie Howe and anybody that listens had said we will need to sell somebody at this point because we're, we're losing so much money. So, you know, all of a sudden, if they have to sell... Who, who are you selling? Isak or Gima Resh or somebody like that? Well... Because, you know, somebody who else has value, right? You know, you sell one of those guys, man, I don't know, man. I, I just that, – that project is in danger of falling apart all of a sudden or, or being set back a couple of years.
2: Not to claim that I told you also, but I called that one straight from the jump. If Newcastle didn't stay in Europe, we've seen it before. I said Leeds, and it's not going to get as bad, but it could get somewhat bad. Um, By the way, just to – Confirm Sean, you're wondering why Brentford play City twice very quickly. The they have to make up the match that City were in the club World Cup. So that's why they have to play each other. But yeah, I think it's a well taken point about City having to be perfect. I think Liverpool will very much be one of those teams that can kind of keep right there with them, especially where you you play in the Europa League. And you can maybe choose, you know. So you see some of the options. Obviously, they're not going to be playing until I think. Stu, correct me on this. They won't play till March in that competition because they got the buy. They got the buy, so they okay. So they, so they it's, can it's the manage their was, roster before.
1: It's the same week as the second leg start in the Champions League, so it'll be like the f- March seventh, maybe, and yeah, March 14th, something like that
2: so they those two teams play on march 9th so for liverpool at least they can manage their their at least their roster a little bit but yeah city certainly have a uh, a comfortable road ahead for the next couple of weeks all right uh united to tottenham two. i mean for me personally this was a super entertaining match to watch because united looked up for it um you know Hoyland gets himself a goal three minutes in after Rashford uh, nearly collides into five people. Then the cheeky little back heel to unlock Hoyland, who slots it away. Richarlison gets one about 15 minutes afterwards before Rashford scores five minutes before the end of the first half. Probably the most disappointing bit for the whole United spectrum is that they let Tottenham basically walk down the field right off kickoff. It's kind of like an EAFC glitch where you can just punt it forward. They do that. Tottenham score but for me I one of the few times this year I'll actually walk away and say you know what it's a good performance I'm not completely disappointed by what United did on the day the players for the most part looked up for it they're obviously still dealing with injuries they're also starting to get rid of some of the players that were not going to be in the picture a la Jaden Sancho amongst uh, a few others so they're still going through the roster Sir Jim Ratcliffe also in attendance for the first time after the well announcement but it hasn't been completely vetted through by the Premier League but he's going to be taking over 25% of the club and off uh, the whole sporting setup as well but Sean are you with me in the sense that like are you satisfied with the point do you feel like Tottenham maybe should be more disappointed or should have taken something I know uh, Roy Keane certainly had his opinions on it but I will let you have yours
1: yeah, I mean, I, if I was a Tottenham fan, I, I would be kind of disappointed. You know, first off, for for Manchester United, look, you're playing a Tottenham team that's that's you know kind of uh, missing some starters. So, you know, I thought they should have played better. Uh, you know, there's a chance. I mean, look, McTominay heads the ball down instead of up. They win the game on the final minute. So, it, it's it's uh, it's just it's very frustrating watching them at times because. You know the, the 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 second goal i mean it's it's just embarrassing it's right after halftime like you know w- what are they talking about at, at halftime what like you can't just come out and this has happened a couple a few times where they just come out and you're just like a couple you know minute two minutes it was just 50 seconds into the to the half and you're giving up a goal and he, they're just waltzing through the midfield and You know, everybody in the world knew Erickson should have been off at halftime, and you you put him on. You know, put somebody with a little bit of energy on, or you know, something with that. You know, he's not a he's not a guy to play in a game like this, and uh, you know, he doesn't pick up the runner, and the guy scores. So you know, I thought that was pretty frustrating, but you know, look, it's it's not a bad point. I I just you know they should have they had a chance to win. Tottenham probably outplayed them for for large stretches. Um our midfield stinks. I don't know I don't, I don't know why Casemiro doesn't, you know, come in at some point there, but uh it is what it is. Yeah, they're just they're going to finish 7th or 8th or something like that. Maybe 6th. You know, they'll be in Europa League next year. There's no chance they're making the Champions League. They're just not good enough. But um, you know, they started to sell some players, you're, you know, they're starting to get rid of, you know, some of the players that, uh, won't be Hannibal's got a buyback and you know, they're, they're starting to, to get ready for Sir, for Sir Jim's, uh, a big entrance here, uh, in the, in the, in the spring and, and the summer, they're going to spend a ton of money in the summer. So, uh, it's just if if I was a Tottenham fan, I I would be probably be more more upset that we didn't beat a bad United team.
0: Yeah, I mean the only thing I'll say, and I, you you did mention it uh, briefly, Sean. I mean Tottenham was missing a ton of guys. I mean you don't have you don't have Son, you don't have Kulchevsky, you don't have Madison Basuma Sard. That that's really that's like six of their you know that's that's pretty much like five of their attacking six preferred six I would say so. The fact they go in without those guys and they do get the point. Look, I mean, I, we know United struggled. We've kind of beat that into the ground. Uh, but still, you go to Old Trafford and you get the point. I guess that's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where, like, uh, Spurs, you still are waiting for them to get healthy. And they're starting to get a little healthy. I know Madison's on his way back. He's going to be back really soon. But then you have, you know, you have San, who's in the Asian Cup, and you have Basuma and Sar, who are gone at, at uh, AFCON. So, that's a, you know, we, we talked about needing to fortify what they've had in terms of a team. And obviously, they brought the center back in uh, from Genoa. They they bring in Timo Werner, who, of course, makes an immediate impact by kicking the ball into the 20th throw. So that was kind of fun. Uh, a Typical uh, Timo Werner. So at least they've actually signed a, a couple of guys. But I, I still, I don't know. I, I'm still weird about this first team. Like, I can see that finishing fourth. I could also see them dropping off the sixth or seventh. Like, it's kind of weird. They're in that weird, like, middle zone. Like, I, I just, I definitely don't think they're a title contender. I don't think they're up there with, like, like the likes of City, Liverpool, Arsenal, even Villa. But that they're, yeah, it's, it wasn't a great performance. But again, when you're playing with basically all second team guys in the attack and you still get two goals, like, I, I don't know what
2: more, if I was a Tottenham fan, I could have asked for in that one. Yeah. Not really much more that you can't ask for. I mean, obviously, they're going to be a little disappointed, but they go again. Um. So, okay, so we have the other three matches. I listed the scores. Stu, is there any of you know, from those remaining matches, that would be the Burton Lee, Luton 1-1, the Chelsea 1-0 over Fulham, and Everton Villa nil-nil that you'd like to uh, hit on?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, for Villa, it's tough going. I mean, Goodison Park would be a tough place to play. Deitch has them, you know, playing really hard but if if you're serious about a title run you kind of want to be better on on the road right like they're amazing at home they've taken 28 out of 30 points from home which i believe is best in the league or tie for best in the league but on the road they're seventh they they've only taken 15 out of 33 like that that's why they're they're not in my opinion that's why they're not going to win a title like i said they might finish third they might finish fourth but in terms of being a title contender the, their form away from Villa Park is just not good enough and that that's what I would be most, most disappointed by. I know they didn't have Pal Torres, uh, you know, th- th- there's different reasons you can give, but they didn't give up any goals. So it's just one of those things where I just don't think whether it's the high line that affects them. Sometimes we saw that against the United uh, in the festive period, where they gave up three goals in the second half. In this case, it was just the inability to score a goal. Although they maybe had a goal that was you know, obviously ruled uh, reversed reverse because of all sides, it's just tough. I just don't. I just think you want, if you're serious about a title, you can't draw points against Everton if you're Villa. That's no. just, that's how I look at it.
1: I think if you're serious about top four, I look, this is, you look at Tottenham's three points back of Villa right now. Uh, you know, Arsenal obviously is not playing great form, but Villa's form isn't great. Um, I, I just, Liverpool, City, Villa, Arsenal, Tottenham. If it came down to those five teams, and the Tottenham, like you said, Tottenham is doing this right now without most of their players, Uh, most of their stars when they get these players back. And remember, Tottenham is not in Europe. As Villa is going to be playing all the time in Europe. Um, You know, I would probably – I, I I think if Villa could be the team that drops out and finishes fifth. I, look, they could finish top four, but uh, I, you know, they they, I, I don't think they'll be within twelve points of the title by the time the season ends. Uh, City City, you know, City or or uh, Liverpool uh, will will open that gap on, on this team. I mean, City already, you know, City and Liverpool, they win their match in hand, is already going to have a uh, you know. A little bit of a gap there so i just i don't trust them as much i you know i just they, they got to win that game i just think you know what they didn't show a lot of urgency in that game you know it's it's no no you you got the ball in the net i understand that but like you you gotta go you gotta find a goal like you you, you gotta throw some players on and try to find a goal and i just i watch that game and i'm sitting there i'm just like there's just no urgency so I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I just, when you see teams play like that and, and you know, emery has got is a good coach. So it's, you know, it's obviously not on him, but you know, the players got to win that game.
2: I'm going to go to the under, other end of the table, that Burnley Luton matchup, because I, I watch that one from start to finish. Um, albeit it was last Friday, but still, that's one of those, the the, the classic, are you going to regret dropping points at any point during the season? I think for Burnley, And J.J. Watt, by the way, welcome to the Premier League of uh, you're going to be dipping your hand into your wallet. But in right case, because we go all the way to 90 plus two and that ball into the box where James Trafford's trying to get around traffic in front of his goal mouth and Well, in the eyes of the referee, inadvertently bumped into Elijah Adebayo before Carlton Morris able to head home the equalizer and what basically salvages a and what could have spared Luton a rare mistake against teams in the bottom six, because I noted a couple of weeks ago that they've actually done really well in taking care of business against the teams that are around them. But this is again that the classic gray area was Adebayo, you know, really intentionally not allowing the goalie to do his job to come out and try to clear the ball. In this case, I think, yes. Was he kind of standing wrong place, wrong time? Sure, because the initial ball into the area he was looking to try to get onto. But you clearly spot his hips moving across to try and obstruct Trafford and to allow separation for a teammate to come through. And frankly, I know, again, this is all just gray area, and we're talking about the classic case of VAR where – is this just the clear and obvious error for me, guys? Yes, it is. And because of the magnitude so much, I, I just feel like, you know, we see in other sports occasionally where we're getting to hear insight into the you know, what goes on between the referee and those that are, you know, working the video. Um, and it just – it still dumbfounds me to this point that we're having what we see as just cl- – obvious mistakes that are now coming back to frankly hurt teams who spoke so much about teams at the top financially for these clubs staying in the Premier League could set them off right for many many years because if you go right back down I mean yeah you get the parachute payments but man I don't think either of these teams will come right back up after next year and I'm I'm kinda still a little disappointed that we haven't gotten more about this. I like Luton. I like the way that as Mike Samson on previous shows has said that, you know, they, they just work like dogs. They will leave everything out there. They go with that crowd at kind of worth Road, but frankly, this is a mistake. And Burnley should have three points. Yeah, we we've talked about it way too many times. It's just it's
0: Burnley's gone. You know, screwed a couple times. I know Wolves have had a few go against them. Um, It's just there's been some just really horrendous. Like you said, it's not even the top of the table. It's You just look at the mid-table, bottom table. A bunch of calls that just are just absurd. And we don't hear it. Like, I know when the the Liverpool thing happened against Tottenham, they, they released all the audio. That was great. But I feel like we just need more consistency. We need more of that. We need the explanations. We need the audio. And we need, obviously, we just need it to be better because it's just not acceptable. It's just, it's the best league in the world. It's just, it should not be this. It should not, we should not be, you know, teams being relegated because of that. They should be relegated because they're bad. And look, Burnley, not a great team, probably without point deductions for any of these teams. They probably weren't going to stay up anyways, but at the same time, like, yeah, they, they, that's the three points they should have. Absolutely. I think Luton's going
1: to stay up. I think Luton town is going to stay up and, you know, talk a little bit about the, 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 points deduction, uh, Nottingham forest. They're only four points behind Nottingham forest. Uh, they're only one win behind Nottingham forest. So, uh, you know, they're only three points behind Brentford who's been in atrocious form, by the way. Um, I, I think Luton town's going to stay up, you know, Burnley could stay up. Sheffield United has no chance. uh, I, I don't think Burnley is good enough, but, you know, the, these points deductions is going to be interesting. Uh, e- even with the points deduction Everton, you know, unless it's like, you know, it's 10, 12 points, something like that, you know, I, I still think they could probably get to the point where they could maybe win, you know, get enough points. But I, I think Luton stays up. Um, And, yeah, look, sometimes you get a little, you get a, you get a, you know, a, a lucky break and you you get a little bit of a, you know, you you get a point instead of instead of uh, you know losing, dropping any points, and and all of a sudden you go into the next match, um and and against um, you know Brighton at home, and you say, oh, you know maybe we get something from that. You know they got Sheffield United coming up, uh, they got Newcastle away, so I you know I they got they that Luton has a pretty tough schedule until March, and then. You know, in, in in March they play Palace, Nottingham Forest, Spurs, Arsenal, Bournemouth, you know, Brentford, Wolves, Everton, West Ham, Fulham down the stretch. So I, I just they're down the stretch. If if there's any way, you know, they're close to it, I I think they might end up just staying up because they you know they 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 play. They're always in the games and they can find goals. And if you can find goals, you know, you you watch Burnley play sometimes or you watch Sheffield United play, sometimes you're just like, they wouldn't score if they played for five days. But I just think when Luton plays, you know, there's just goals in the games. They have decent, you know, some decent players and uh, have come around a little bit on them.
2: Um, I have nothing to add for the Chelsea Fulham match, other than what happened, yeah. it's a West London derby. It was very blah for me. Unless you guys have anything, otherwise we can uh, kind of just hit on around the horn. Yeah,
1: it's, no, it's. I'd rather talk about you know Barcelona, Real Madrid, or somebody else like that.
2: Go go for it because I've got Afcon and uh, the upcoming FA Cup replays to hit on. So please, El Clasico. Yeah, look, I
1: mean you know they they played those games in in Saudi Arabia. You know R- Real Madrid uh, against. Um, uh, Atletico Madrid on, I think it was Wednesday. Uh, that game was, and, and those two teams play again in the, uh, Copa del Rey. I believe it's this week. Um, so that, that game, the Atletico Madrid was five, three. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy game. If you watch the game, Atletico Madrid, uh, school, they, they, they scored on one of the weirdest own goal, like. Uh, I think it was Kepa, right? I forget it. who was in net for them. Was it Keppa uh, for, for, for Real Madrid? I think he threw it at his own net. Um, but then Danny Carverhouse scored, and then Jose and scored in the 116th minute, and then Brahim Diaz scored with two, uh, two minutes after uh, 120 plus two to win 5 3. And, and Real Madrid always finds a way to beat Atletico Madrid in a big game, and then they get to the final. You know, Barcelona was all hyped up and, and Vinicius Jr. just absolutely tore them apart. They played this low, they played this high line on defense. I don't know if either of you saw it, but they, they're playing a high line, except for the one defender who was behind, like who was back and held the one guy on side. And then the second time they're playing a high line and Vinicius Jr. was inside his own half and made the or it wasn't Vinicius, it was Rodrigo, made their zone run and then passed it to Vinicius Jr. But you know, Vinny had a, a first half hat trick and you know, 4 1. And and this team, I mean, you, you look, um, uh, these guys, uh, Tony Cruz now t- 32 career trophies, and uh, you know, these guys have like 26 career trophies and 25 career trophies with Real Madrid. Luca Modric has like 25 or 26 trophies with Real Madrid, Um, they just keep winning. And the one thing that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, was that. You know, for Real Madrid, you got to win a trophy. You got to, you know, they they won the they won the uh, the Champions League in twenty twenty two. Obviously, you know Barcelona and the league obviously too. But Barcelona won the league last year. It was a great year for Real Madrid. But you know, you have a trophy in the bag now. You know, you're leading you're leading the league, and you got a chance to kind of go and do this stuff. Uh, you know, and win a couple more trophies. So it's always big. I think especially when you beat Barcelona as comprehensively as you did. And, uh, you know, when you look at Barcelona, you you look at Madrid and Mbappe's coming, and then he's not coming, and he's coming. apparently now, today, he's leaving PSG, so he's probably coming. You know, he's coming, and Barcelona doesn't have, you know, they couldn't buy an Mbappe jersey if they wanted to. They got no money. They gave all their rights to, you know, they sold their rights for 20 years down the road. And th- these teams, I think, are going to be going in diametrically opposing directions over the next coming years. Real Madrid's new stadium is going to be open, fully open. Um, they're just—they got a young core of players. They're building around, and they're going to have superstars, and they're just going to be really good. And and I I just don't know. And and the other thing too is, um, you see some of the other teams uh, in. in the La Liga right now, you know, you got your obviously who's coming on because it's, you know, until they get charged 115 times uh, it, it's a, uh, it's a city group club, you know, athletic club right now is in third. We'll see how long that go. you know, that last Atletico Madrid probably hangs in there. Ralph so said there's some other teams down the line, but you know, uh, Barcelona, I think is in, in, in some trouble here. Uh, If they, if they don't, they don't win any anything this year you know and and have to sell some players I don't know but I I just thought that was pretty interesting watching that after uh you know some of the other games this weekend
0: yeah absolutely I think you said it best like Barcelona's in huge trouble like I don't know if Xavi's gonna make it like he's I mean they 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 just do not look good they've had some injuries as well Uh, I know Gavi's out that's a that's a big miss for them but it's just, like you said, like they're just, they're a mess and they can't buy any players. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Like they might not make top four. Like they, honestly, in La Liga, like you mentioned some of the teams that are at the top, like Atletico Madrid's been pretty good this year. Like, I, I definitely think they'll be top four and I think Girona will, will hold on. So it's just a matter of thinking at that fourth spot, I think. Well, Drona is to- right now, yeah. Barcelona. you know, and Drona's yeah. only
1: lost one match. I- you know, I just, you know, you don't, you don't see that kind of, that form. I, they're probably, they're not going to fall apart.
0: So. No, no, definitely. And, and for Real Madrid, yeah, it's just incredible. Like what they have, I mean, Bellingham's just, just just an unbelievable football player. He, you mentioned all the guys with like, you know, the 25, 30 trophies. I mean, Bellingham has won, and that is going to be a number similar to that when we talk about him down the road, Uh, you know, 10, 12 years from now, just incredible. And, and, you know, they're hurt, too. That's the thing we, we've mentioned. Like, oh. the defense, their back four has kind of been really injured. Obviously, they don't have Courtois, who's probably the best keeper in the world. They haven't had him all season. Uh, I mean, they've been playing too many at center back a lot of times. And uh, he's been kind of, you know, alternating between the midfield and center back. You know, they don't have a striker. And they're doing all this. You know, we, they might end up with Mbappe. Maybe they maybe it's someone else like Oseman or Holland down the road. If it isn't Mbappe, I mean, I think it'll be Mbappe. But yeah, I mean, Real Madrid, it's just, it's hard to really. And, and Carlo, and Carlo as a manager, too, is another one. Like, he's just another guy that's just so good, just gets so much out of his players. Looks like he'll be there for a little bit. So, um, I, I mean, I did watch a lot of that match as well, uh, that final on Sunday. And I, I mean, just like you, I, I think it's the best way to put it is just two clubs in total opposite directions.
2: Yep. Yeah, so while you guys watch that, I've been very much getting into my AFCON mood, uh, trying to rank which jerseys are the best amongst other things. But we've had a fascinating start to this tournament down the Ivory Coast because it's been a um, sort of an epidemic of the big boys not starting this tournament fast. Here are some interesting ones for you. Nigeria won, Equatorial Guinea won. Mind you, this is an Equatorial Guinea team ranked 88th in FIFA who have not lost a match since September of 2022. Talking competitive matches, not just friendlies. So That's nine straight heading into that one. But Nigeria, even with OC Men getting himself onto the score sheet, they look a shell of where they were six or seven years ago. That's not to say that their group should be problematic, but they do also have the Ivory Coast to come Uh, in this competition. You do have top two in each group and then a handful of third place team go but boy they need to get off going because those are bad points to drop egypt needing a late and i'm talking six minute penalty or six minute of second half stoppage time penalty against mozambique to get a 2-2 draw mozambique currently ranked 111th in the world right now um not great Uh, Let's see other ones. Cape Verde Island, a 2-1 victory over Ghana, which is probably one of the biggest surprise where you have um, familiar face to MLS fans, Jamiro Montero. Yes, the former Philadelphia Union man uh, scoring. Then Gary Rodriguez getting the winner. Ghana, I mean, this is a pretty loaded team with guys still very much coming in. And then... Algeria drew 1-1, that's Mahrez's Algeria during 1-1 against Angola, Cameroon, 1-1 against Guinea, who had a red card in the first half and still couldn't get anything going. The only real like statement in the ground was Senegal 3-0 over Gambia, where you had uh, Papage get himself a goal, a couple of goals for Camara, Senegal, I mean, they had guys, their team, frankly, is... The, one of the most loaded teams I've seen in that competition in a long time. The likes, you know, you've got Cuyate, didn't even see. You had Seema from Rangers, didn't see time today. You had Papasar, didn't see time today. You had little cameos at the end for Njai, Mendy, Jackson, I mean, if you're Senegal and your are say their head coach who's brought that team up to leaps and bounds, you know, the, you're very much a favorites. We'll have Morocco kick into the tournament on Wednesday. Keep in mind, though, probably the, um, the, the bleephousery game of the competition will be Egypt, Ghana on Thursday. The hope is, though, that Kudus gets healthy because word is he picked up a hamstring injury in training uh, the day before their first match in the competition. Why they, I say this could be the bleep housery game of the entire tournament is because Mo Salah against West Ham hit the Kudu celebration in front of the West Ham supporters. So, you know, I kind of want that to happen. I want those guys to go up against each other. I don't know if Kudus is going to be fit in time, but yeah guys uh for me I don't know if you guys will watch or any of our listeners watching at home but that could be fascinating because we could be seeing some big teams not even make it to the knockout round. Ghana um, could
1: Ghana could be out. I mean look you you can't you can't lose to uh Cape Verde now because if you lose to Egypt and Cape Verde goes well really now it doesn't really matter if Cape Verde has the head to head over Ghana so that's a disaster for Ghana. Ghana has got to probably win their last two matches, which means they got to beat Egypt. So, you know, you're going to have some big teams in, in a lot of trouble. Uh, Senegal should win this. They're the best team. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened, but,
2: uh, you know, we'll see, you know, Ivory coast at home. So, yeah, and Morocco coming, of course, a great World Cup. Um, yeah. So it'll be fascinating. Yeah. When we get to our next episode, we'll recap all the FA Cup replays, which will be, of course, the next couple of days on Tuesday and Wednesday. But here are the matchups. Uh, you have Wolves taking on Brentford. We have That's one of a handful of all-Premier League ties. Birmingham take on Hull, Bolton against Luton, so that's League One versus Premier League. Bristol City, after that emotional 1-1 against West Ham, get the Hammers at Ashton Gate. And then the Battle of Non-League versus League Two, that's Eastleigh taking on Newport. Those are Tuesday matches. Then on Wednesday, a Blackpool of League One hosting Nottingham Forest. Bristol Rovers taking on Norwich, and then the other all-Premier League Replay of Everton versus Crystal Palace, guys. Good episode. We'll uh chat again on a few days' time. Yeah, definitely. And
1: uh, you know, getting ready to watch some of these FA Cup games. Always the replays are always interesting because you know, there's not another replay, so uh, you know, there's got a chance to see a little bit of penalties, and penalties are always interesting.
2: Absolutely. So for Stu, for Sean, I'm JJ. We'll talk to you all next time. Make sure to find us all on our social media platforms at Box to Box Football or Box Box FTB, Ball on Instagram and X. And uh, yeah, we'll chat to you guys on Friday.